Are you ready to scale your business in a way that's aligned with your soul and profitable? I'm Casey Rossi, a business and leadership coach. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 30 years and love business. I help conscious leaders increase their impact and optimize their lives. Join me each week for tips and deep conversations on cultivating confidence, increasing your visibility, elevating your vibration, and leading with purpose without burning out. Let's go. My guest today is Amy Lynn Durham. Amy is the founder of Create Magic at Work and a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. Amy uses spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence to advocate for healthy workplaces and to energize and transform the workplace. I loved my conversation with Amy. We talk about what spiritual intelligence is, the similarities and differences between spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence, the upcoming culture shifts in the workplace and why human connection will win out, and then how spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence improve the bottom line and striving to be a calming and healing presence plus radical self-forgiveness when you're not. I hope you enjoy this episode and I would love to hear your thoughts. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. I love the topics you cover. So thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm really excited to have you as well. We have not had an expert in spiritual intelligence. So I'm thrilled to hear your perspective and how you bring that in creating magic in the workplace, because I know that's your specialty. So first (laughs) off for the listeners, it would be helpful if you could explain the basic definition of both spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence, both their similarities and differences. Cool. Yeah. So we'll start with EQ, emotional intelligence. I think the easiest, simplistic way to break it down is just practicing managing your emotions and how you react when it pertains to the workplace is sort of my area of interest. Are you aware of your emotions and how they impact others? Do you have an emotional management strategy? Can you build connection? And then SQ, spiritual intelligence, is the next step from EQ. Some would say there's some back and forth there, but (laughs) SQ with Cindy Wigglesworth, who designed the 21 skills of spiritual intelligence, her definition is the ability to make decisions with wisdom and compassion while maintaining inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation you're in. How beautiful. Very beautiful definition. There is a philosopher and a physicist, her name's Dana Zohar. She's done a ton of work in the SQ space. And she has a, I like to share from one of her books. She says, it's the ability to put your day-to-day concerns aside and operate from a big picture worldview. Mm -hmm. And I like sharing that one because it's, ties to leadership quite a bit for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I can see just in the descriptions, the connection between both of them. Um, Do you see any differences between the two? Um, The differences that some people talk about between the two are there's some feel that you get to SQ by way of EQ. Okay. And and that sort of aligns with the adult development theory. Mm-hmm. where your brain is developed enough in your early twenties to actually really exercise compassion for others. And that's the EQ 
the emotional intelligence part, then the SQ part comes in when you're in your early to mid thirties. And that's where you're like, what's my life purpose? Why am I even in this job? Do I know what my values are? And I'm a, am I living in alignment with those? Yeah. So that's the adult development sort of step-by-step step to SQ. Um, Dana argues in some of her work that SQ is the basis for everything. You've got to be able to access your inner wisdom and your higher self to be able to do all these, these other things as well. So there's some different talk out there, but either way, if you're working on it, it's amazing. So <laughs> either way we need, we yeah, need the exactly. whole enchilada, <laughs> but you know, it also kind of brings to mind, you know, that we typically value IQ first, mm-hmm. you know, generally speaking, and that's even the generation before where we're kind of like all about the SATs and the LSATs and all of that. So it is interesting to see them stack and layer. Um, I'm, yeah. yeah it, uh, do you get pushback bringing in spirituality with business? You know, no one's really ever said anything to my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but I, I know it's out there. What's, you know, or people say that's too woo woo. We don't want to do that. Or Sometimes, you know, HR doesn't want to touch spiritual intelligence because they think it's talking about religion and the workplace. And that's just a lack of understanding of what it is. It's definitely designed for the workplace. It's faith neutral. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. As long as you believe there's a place within you that you can access that comes from wisdom, compassion, love, you can skill build on the 21 skills of SQ, which to me was a phenomenal find because I was talking about spiritual intelligence quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I had graduated from the UC Berkeley executive coaching Institute and went on this journey talking about spiritual intelligence. And then I discovered the 21 skills and I was like, thank you universe. Thank you, Cindy for developing these because they're here. They're tangible. They're skills you can work on for the workplace. So oh, it's sort of, Yeah. So of course I became an SQ 21 certified coach immediately. And it's, I feel like it's my life's work to just dive into each skill and really grow from them. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think we're ready for that. I'm really curious because some people say that we have already kind of started this paradigm shift of bringing more heart-centered wisdom in and spirituality to the workplace. But I'm so curious, where do you think we are on that spectrum of the paradigm shift? This is such a good, interesting question because you're asking me this when I was just pondering before I came on to talk to you about the great resignation. And I just read an article on LinkedIn about how employers are changing the way they, they're hiring and recruiting. They're getting rid of background checks. They're expediting the onboarding process. And I, I just am jaw dropped from looking at that and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it because I feel like the tide is turning to where we actually are going to show an interest in developing people. And it's this energy and I'm sure companies are stressed because I've been in the recruiting space for the Bay area, which is tough. Uh, And I'm sure companies are stressed and they want to find talent and they need to, which is why all these changes are happening. Mm -hmm. 
but there's going to be so much good that comes from those changes. People that might've been overlooked in the past because they didn't have a 10, you know, all of this educational background and a cover letter and this and that on their resume and all those jokes that go around, um, those memes that go around, you need this many qualifications just to, you know, be in a starting position that's going away. That's awesome. And companies are pivoting to really developing people now, instead of thinking people should be begging them to work for them. And I, I love, I love the energy shift and the feel of that because it's showing an interest in people. And how does that tie into SQ? Oh my gosh, huge. You're going to have to be aware that your worldview isn't the only worldview. You're going to have to really flex and skill build as a leader to make wise and compassionate decisions, to be an effective teacher, to, to be a wise and effective change agent. All of these things, in my opinion, are going to level up the workplace and we're connecting. the planet. I mean, it. Yes. Well, yeah. it, it's going to be the trifecta. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. improve yourself. You're going to improve your workplace, and ultimately, that positive ripple effect of everybody being on the same page and tuned in and tapped in is going to affect the world, which is so exciting. It's so exciting. I, I flash back to when I was trying to hire people. And background checks would take forever to come back and I would lose candidates. And and I get the whole reasoning behind running a background check and things like that, but we would lose possible talent or giving somebody a chance at starting over and training them and develop. I think training and development is just going to be a whole new thing. I think HR is a whole new thing. My most, um, the customer base that comes to me the most, and I'm shocked by it, even though I shouldn't be is HR. They're so into wanting to know about SQ for the workplace. And it's super encouraging. I love the aspect of development. I really, I hear like a future prediction that you're sharing that we will probably even have a deeper dive. So I'm excited about that. One company I feel does a really great job at that is Mindvalley, where they pay their employees 40 hours a week, but they um, request that the first hour of their day is spent towards personal development. So it's pretty amazing. Do you have like a standout that you're inspired by of, of someone who's doing it right? I don't have a company that comes to mind offhand, and I've worked with quite a few I'm really into the message, you know, from the UC Berkeley Coaching Institute that brings heart and humanity to the workplace everywhere through executive coaching. Mm -hmm. So that comes to mind right away when you ask me that. We operate from from a space of using the four universal communication principles. I don't know if you've heard of those. Um, They're from Dr. Angelis Arian, and um, she's she's an anthropologist that studied societies all over the world. And the first is, um, show up and choose to be present. So we operate from that, you know, I I try to operate from that space. The second is pay attention to what has heart and meaning. The third is tell the truth without blame or judgment. And then the fourth is be open to outcome, but not attached to it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That I can see how that philosophy would be transformational when put into practice. The open to outcome, but not attached to it is extremely transformational, at least for me. I have to remind myself every day that I can't control outcomes with clients, with my life, 
uh, with relationships. And, and Deepak has that, Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. has that in his seven laws of spiritual success. He has the law of detachment, and then he also has the law of least effort. And those are all for the workplace. And those are all, both of those touch on not trying to force solutions onto problems, thereby creating more problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes letting things play out, you know? A hundred percent. And I think when we are attached to results and the outcome, especially in the hustle grind and, and competitive spaces, which is the opposite of the positive company culture that I'm sure you help instigate, Uh, It's very easy to fall down that trap of like push harder, grind harder, you know, get, get the credit for the result, you know, being, having that ego attached to your input. So I would love to hear what you feel some of the positive qualities are when you are creating culture change. So the biggest start is creating an awareness of ego versus higher self with leaders. It starts with that inner work. When is my ego running the show? When is my higher self running the show? And then once I recognize the difference between the two, can I practice seeking guidance from my higher self? Mm -hmm. And can I practice operating from my higher self more? And when I say higher self, my definition is and SQ's definition is that just that place within you that's peaceful, operates from wisdom, compassion, love. I just think of like, ah, oh, like a sigh, like that, you know, that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, to it's that juicy it. space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And ego, we all know, is important because it's there to protect us. I don't like to villainize ego. Mm-hmm. However, exploring whether it's in the driver's seat in the wrong situations. Yeah. And then ultimately you can get to a place where your ego doesn't go away, but it's in service to your higher self. It feels safe with your higher self always running the show or being in the driver's seat of your life. And it's okay being in service to the higher self. And it's so much more freeing when you can loosen the grip and go more with the flow and have that trust and fluidity in your higher self actually being in the driver's seat versus ego. I'm curious because you touched on needing to do the inner work and I'm Mm -hmm. an absolute fan of that. I feel Mm -hmm. that we can't spiritual bypass and feel like we're still going to get results. You know, like the, one of the things you mentioned was showing up and being present. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, in our timing right now, where it's just like one of the biggest objections is I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome that objective when you're talking to leaders and you're talking about doing that personal work and understanding the difference between ego and higher self and going through exercises to know the difference and to do the hard work and to peel back your own personal layers. Um, how do you deal with that when they're just like, oh my gosh, I can barely go through my inbox and my to-do list now. And, and now I have to add this. That's an interesting question. Cause one of the skills in SQ is breadth of time perception. <laughs> so I just started laughing about that. You asked me that if I'm being totally candid, I throw data at them because that's how they can speak mm-hmm. in the workplace is through data. So did you know that employees are 50% happier when they have close work relationships? 
So you need to learn how to do these connecting activities. You need to learn to operate from your higher self because it improves productivity and profitability. It's a win-win. So studying your profit and loss statement all day is actually not going to improve your profits. This episode is brought to you by Know Thyself and Lead, my free mini training that unlocks the top three secrets that you need to joyfully thrive. You'll learn the number one way to fuel action so that you're never stuck or procrastinate again. You'll crack the code and unveil your specific aligned purpose for more flow and ease. And you'll discover the way to propel you further, faster. You can binge watch all three trainings at once or at your leisure. Either way, you'll want to sign up and dive right in. Access Know Thyself and Lead at kcrossi.com slash lead. That's kcrossi.com slash lead. Now, please enjoy the show. But you have to have the courage to step forward and do this stuff. And, And it can be very rewarding for your bottom line in your business because you have a highly engaged staff. You have a workplace where people are clamoring to work for you because they like the culture. And at the same time, this inner work you do as a leader can be deep and sometimes hard. So I, I've been, I go through it myself. I never do anything I haven't done. And yeah, when I choose to be a calming and healing presence for the entire year of 2021, and all of a sudden the universe keeps giving me many opportunities to practice that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, universe. (laughs) Yeah. It gets annoying sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. I chose this and I'm done. (laughs) Like I'm going to try something else. (laughs) Just kidding. But then you have to put yourself in a space where you say, thank you for the lesson. And I'll, I'll keep trying. I'll try again tomorrow when the next lesson comes. And you just, two things on that. Never beat yourself up. Radical self-forgiveness when you're working through this. And always, always make time for fun and play and enjoying life on the planet. Because in this space that you and I work in, we can get really deep into all of this inner work. And we can almost get to a point where we train our nervous system that this is all there is. And to me, in a negative way, we've got to get out and enjoy life as well. That's absolutely huge. And that's something that I've had to work with and, and it is hard. And I feel like, you know, it wasn't until really last year when a coach reflected back after we were chatting and she was asking me kind of like what my routine was. And it first started with my intensive morning routine. And I just kept like listing things off like a machine gun. And she's like, hold the phone. I hear no joy in that. Like (laughs) what is going on? And we really had to peel back those layers because I think, you know, in my earlier times, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. It was very easy to fall into the traps of perfectionism and, you know, like honest work is hard work and the to-do list and all of those things. And then I kind of like worked through that or in my mind, I felt I worked through that. You know, I kind of said, oh, I'm a recovering perfectionist. But in a way, I think I just overlaid that to the self-help positive psychology movement where I just changed my to-do list into all of these spiritual and awakening type of tasks. And it it really took somebody brave Mm -hmm. to say, hey, 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 (laughs) let's take a breath here. And she like my homework 
let's just strip everything back. And it like, it was so anxiety producing. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to visualize. I don't want you to do sage. I don't want you to do meditating. I don't want you to do sound bowls. I don't like, she's like, I want you to just pause and just like feel what it's like to have nothing. So I, I, I would love your thoughts on that. And if you have any personal like experiences with that. Oh gosh, I have so many, I don't think we have enough time, but <laughs> just... <laughs> so when you talked about the person possibly listening before, that's like my calendar is so full, how am I even going to do this leadership work that we're talking about? And you're talking about how your coach said, Hey, we need to remove some things off your to-do list. That was one of the first things that came to mind was like, well, what can we remove? Mm-hmm. And I came from a very competitive corporate executive world before I left my job and started create magic at work. And it's taken me, I'm still not there years of unprogramming (laughs) from being in the machine. And a few weeks ago, I started operating from a place where, and I'm still, it's a practice and it's, you know, I try of what can I remove from my calendar? Because you brought up to, I'm so there to do lists, perfectionist, um, what, like always adding on my calendar, what's next is on this, this, I mean, I came from a place where every 15 minutes of my time was booked. So now when I started on my own, I'm like, Oh, how am I feeling this? How am I feeling this space? And I just stopped. I'm like, I don't even have to, I run my own company. Now mm-hmm. I'm removing I'm going to operate from a place where I'm constantly trying to remove stuff from my calendar so I can create a healthy, balanced life. And so that's where I would start with someone like that. What can you remove? One small thing. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be drastic micro step, right? What can you remove and what space are you going to create to fill with something greater or better that void that that you create? What can you fill it with? that's yeah. positive and energetic. And it might be nothing. It might be, I'm just going to sit and stare at a tree for 15 minutes and see what happens. I, you know, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's so much value in micro changes and they don't have to be these dramatic things because when we become so rigid, that's when things break. And when we add something so large and chunky, it's often hard to implement over the long haul. So I really love that you talked about a micro change. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious because of the piece of joy and celebration. And also I feel for high achieving, um, entrepreneurs and leaders who are very results driven. Sometimes we don't see the value in the celebrating. And I'm wondering if mm. you notice that and why do you feel, especially this is what I see. I don't know if you, you experience the same, but women, especially have a pushback with celebrating. They're all about getting things checked off the list. But uh, that's one of the things across the board with my clients when they have a win, even a micro win, and I say, how are you celebrating? It stumps them. What do you mean? I got it done. I know, but how are you celebrating? I love that. Okay, so I... (laughs) I have had clients that I ask the exact same question to you especially those that are maybe in a higher position, because I think if we're in most companies do a lot of employee recognition, 
but it's normally for the frontline folks at times. And it's not, if you're a higher, higher up, you don't really get that celebration or that pat on the back you need. Then if you haven't, if you're in the entrepreneur space, oh my gosh, you have to stop and celebrate for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. <laughs> I, I authored a journal prompt card deck for the oh, workplace. Cool. And one of the cards you just reminded me is reward. And it has like a bubble bath on it and it gives you questions, you know, what are some ways you can celebrate your success from the past few months, you know, write those down. And I was in a coaching session with a client, we were doing an SQ21 debrief and I pulled, I'll shuffle the deck and pull a card for a client. And he got that. And he was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. I've never, he had gone out and started his own business and had his employees and all of these things, but he had never stopped to recognize how far he'd come and the accomplishments he had made up to this point. It's so critical. It is. It is. That's amazing. I'm curious before we wrap up, what's been one of your personal pivots? Personal pivots? Can you elaborate on that, on what you mean by that? (laughs) Well, I just feel like it's so important to show the whole journey. And I feel like when our listeners hear people that just sound so amazing, like you do, and it's like you have it all put together and then it's just, it is so illuminating to be like, nope, you know, just like they say, success is not this straight line. There's like these ups and downs and, and behind the scenes. And I love to share just a snippet of behind the scenes, because I feel like it really helps people self-identify and understand Mm -hmm. that it is the journey. Yeah. So first of all, I definitely don't have it all together (laughs) every day. I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) How did I even start a podcast? Or I don't like it's Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely a roller coaster ride. And if you're going to do this work, I think for me, just a personal experience, the universe has said, okay, if you want to do this work, you have to do it for yourself. So I live it. And I mentioned before I chose 2021 to work on being a common healing presence. I have failed more times than I can even tell you on being a common healing presence this year. And it's just picking yourself back up and trying again. And sometimes you don't feel that great, but it's a much better journey than staying stuck or stagnant. Yes. And so and it's I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, too, I want to like lift you up for the awareness and presence because we wouldn't even be aware of our failures if we weren't aware of the intention. So I think that that's really beautiful that you're even like aware of that. Plus, you're totally inspiring me to choose something that's such an active, beautiful way of showing up in the world versus the typical, let me pick a word for the year. So I really want to like invite our listeners for 2022 to take Amy's inspiration. And I love that calming, healing presence in the world. And it just, it, my mind was going back to some of like the words that I've had in the past, which have been like systematized and <laughs> all these like masculine linear things, you know, which there's places for that as well. But I love this kind of like, it feels like a moving meditation when I hear calming presence in the world. So it's really inspirational to maybe choose something so active than a word. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. How can people learn more about you and creating magic at work? So my website is createmagicatwork.net. 
You can find everything you need to know about being a magic maker in the workplace there. And then also I love to connect on LinkedIn. So I'm under Amy Lynn Durham on LinkedIn. Find me, connect with me, message me, ask me questions, reach out to me. Yeah. I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes so it's super easy for them to navigate to you. And if you were going to leave one last piece of bright light wisdom, what would you like to share with the listeners? I'm glad you asked me that because I wanted to say this with the breadth of time perception, try to live or operate from the paradox that your life is both extremely profound and a tiny piece of the history of the universe. And try to make decisions as a leader from that space. That's awesome. That's deep. I definitely think people should listen to that a couple of times because for it to truly soak in um, and live from that place is is pretty amazing. Yes. And radical self-forgiveness if you don't, right? Yeah, exactly. It's tomorrow's (laughs) another day and we can try again. Yep, exactly. Amy, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I hope we sent some magic to everyone. Me too. Absolutely. And until next time, my friend, breathe joy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed all the wisdom that Amy shared. If you enjoyed this episode or the Women Developing Brilliance podcast in general, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can head on over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. I want to share something from Deb, who is the founder of Creativing, and she says five stars, a must listen for all brilliant women entrepreneurs. Casey Rossi is a dynamic and seasoned podcast host who has the uncanny ability to unleash the wisdom of her guests. It was a total delight to be on her podcast in order to serve her amazing audience of brilliant entrepreneurs with some business and personal tips for living a fulfilling life. Deb, I couldn't agree more. I loved our episode together as well. Thank you so much for leaving your feedback. I really appreciate it. And if you want to leave some feedback for the show, some love for the show, you can head on over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. Thank you.